welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. It's a beautiful month in the month of April. And in the ministry, it's a month of redemption. Someone say redemption. Redemption. Every Sunday in this month, I want to take a story on redemption. And use that to communicate to us what Jesus did for you and I. That's why we call it um, a redemption story. Can you put the artwork up, please? Uh, a redemption story. Testify. Testify. When we do not really know what Jesus did, it becomes difficult to testify. It's not that people do not want to talk about Jesus or what he has done, but they haven't really come to terms with what he did. They don't know the depth of what he has done. They have not come to that reality. It hasn't been clear to them yet what Jesus has done. So, when you tell people to talk about Jesus or to testify about his love, it becomes difficult because they have not experienced that love. Alright? So if you've not really experienced him, to talk about him will be difficult. You'll be looking for the words. You'll be looking for um, certain things. Just like the video we watched. Um, do Christians really need to talk about Jesus? Do they need to tell people about Jesus? A lot of people say that if I can just live my life and live a good life, others will just see and then they will, by my life, um, follow Jesus. Why that is true to some extent, it's not entirely true because um, the good life is not all that there is um, about Jesus. So, what's your definition of the good life? Someone says, um, I like this guy. Um, the way he does his things. Uh, he doesn't seem to struggle. He doesn't seem to have uh, challenges and all that. So, um, he's living a good life. Alright? Do you know people in your life who live a good life? Do you know certain people? They have a good life. But they're not saved. You, you know anybody like that? Around you? Can you lift your hands? Am I the only one? Okay. You know anybody like that? Good. Around you. They, they live a good life. They're not, they're not saved. Alright. So but many a times believers are definition of God is good. Is that well living a good life. Right. That's the definition. So we look at someone and say ah, Dr. Ruth. Ah, God has been good to you. Ah, ah. You drive a discovery. I saw one discovery yesterday. Ah, shakate le kutapaya. You know those kind of cars that you see that even if you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost just come upon you. 
I saw the thing. I looked at the tires. I looked under. I said, ah, this man bought this thing. Tear rubber. I removed the nylon. <laughs> it's a good life. So by some definition, someone would say, if peradventure, maybe I was the one that drove that discovery here, black, you know, elongated, um, the back was elongated. We saw it together. The back was elongated like this. If I drove it here, many of you would say, ah, Pastor God is good, right? And then somehow, you will equate God is good to the Chacha discovery. Right? Okay, let's not even go too far to discovery. Some of you look at Kola's two land that he's holding in his hand and you say, ah, God is good though. Okay, let's not even go too far. You look at Dr. Ruth's shoes. I was looking at when she was giving testimony and I, in my mind I was saying, God is good though. Or you look at Pastor Grace's dress. Where is she? And you say, God is good though. You know, so there, at every level, there are certain things you look at that you want to equate it to God is good though. And then that, in a way, or I look at wisdom shoes. I was looking at those shoes. I was like, those shoes are speaking in tongues. I say, God is good though. You know, so we, have, we all have those things in our lives that one way or another, we want to equate it to God being good. So unconsciously, when we want to testify about Jesus, we want to have those kind of results. Unconsciously. And we justify them. We say, so that when I arrive, they will know that my God is good. So we are expecting that those kind of expressions will testify about Jesus. Those kind of expressions will tell people, say, ah, when I get in there, I don't need to say anything. Once I, once I land, they know that, ah. And when you're not telling that, ah, that's my pastor, say, ah, God is good, oh. Why? Because we've equated it to this kind of good life. My friend, uh, uh, one of my uh, friends were discussing some time ago and he said he wants to change his phones uh, to iPhone. So I asked him why. That was some years ago. He said, man, he went for one meeting in, um, I think, was it one, Arik or so, one company like that. They called him, they sat in the meeting. And then he said when he got there, Everybody that sat in the meeting, this one put his phone down, iPhone, this one put his phone down, iPhone. He was using a techno or so. He just he kept his phone in his pocket. <laughs> so the next time he went for that meeting, he went with two iPhones and one iPad. <laughs> so when he got there, got to the meeting, before anybody brought phone out, he has displayed the thing. Can't come and... Uh, how come I intimidate me? So, in a way, we have equated our testimony of Jesus to the things that we have or do not have. Someone told one of my mentors, said, I just called you to tell you that my is it, it, was, a, it was an SUV it says my jeep has come or is coming and then he said 
really? And then they caught the phone on him. So the guy tried to call him, call him. He didn't pick. So when eventually he saw him after some weeks, he said, ah, sir, I've been trying to reach you. I couldn't get you. He said, no, I'm the one that blocked you from reaching me. He said, why? He said, if everything I've been teaching you and all that you are about is that your jeep is coming, then I've, so, I've not succeeded in your life. If everything I've been teaching you and all that you are bragging about is that your jeep is coming, then I've not succeeded. Unbelievers are getting jeep. Do you know, let me, let, me, let me debunk some things now. Do you know that you do not need Jesus to buy a jeep? Ichoke. You don't need Jesus to buy a jeep. You don't even need Jesus to pass an exam. You don't need Jesus to buy a good shoe. You don't. You don't need Jesus to pass an interview. You don't need Jesus to make a presentation and scale it. Because if all that we need Jesus for are all these things, let me remind you that what what Jesus has come to do and what we need him for, he's the only one that can do it. If it can be done by another thing, then it's not Jesus. Then you don't need Jesus for it. Some people are uneasy. I'm telling you the truth. Say, ah, pastor, I've been praying to God for a good shoe. My advice to you, change your prayer point. Can Jesus give me a good shoe? Yes. But that's not the reason for Jesus. It's not the reason. Talk to your friends that have lived in this country for a long time and then they travel. When they call you, the first thing they tell you is that, I'm wondering they take light for you. It means that their myopic mind, the reason they traveled, is because of light. Unknowingly, they don't take light for you. My friend, if you upgrade your life, buy inverter, buy solar, they will not take light in your house. The reason for Jesus has been so misused and so out of perspective that believers now have lost why we need Jesus. is when you go abroad and you have every, everything on the platter that you realize many believers who go abroad, we are looking for them. We can't find them again. Because they find out that their prayer point has been answered without praying. Their prayer point has been answered without praying. Um, some of the our members that were here, Ibuku, when she went to Canada, her husband called me and said, Pastor, it's a different thing, no? He said, if I was not strong, I would have gone. He said, to tell somebody about Jesus, you'll be looking for what to say. Because here it's easy. You can go to the person and say, my brother, my God will do it. Ah, that job you are looking for, ah, you will find it. Ah. And the person will say, okay, Pastor, I'm here. 
But over there, you're looking for a job. Government is paying you to stay at home. You won't, you won't, they're paying you how many dollars? To stay at home. You say, let the job go and die. It's a different ball game. So, you are now forced to understand why you really need Jesus. To be able to communicate that Jesus to such people. Because if all you think that you need Jesus for is for the range, the shoe, the clothes, and that's what we are selling in Africa. One of our members here went for a meeting in one church. I will not mention the church. About seven, but I think she left about eight eight a.m. or so in the morning. So I called her that morning. Ah, she didn't pick. One hour later, I called. She didn't pick. Two hours later, she now sent me a message. Say, Pastor, I'm in trouble. I said, What happened? Say, I went to one church. Somebody invited me. And that's where I've been since. I said, get up and leave. I said, there's no green me come out of. <laughs> Some of you are figuring in church right now. I said, there's no green me come out. He said, every now and then, one usher will come to her. Say, Papa is, Papa is talking, stand up. Ha. And she said, they put her right in front. It's like they knew, they target newcomers and they just put them right in front where they cannot escape and then they guide them. She said, as I am now, I'm very hungry. I'm not eating. This was 12 noon. She was still there. I said, what are you people doing? And this was a walking day, Monday morning. So what are you people? They said, Pastor, I don't know. I said, who sent you a message? See, I just wanted to honor the person that invited me. And the funny thing, the man of God said, if you leave, you will find your way back here. She said, she sat down. <laughs> You see, so the fear and terror is what <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm your father, get up and leave. Nothing will happen to you. So in Africa, we have twisted the need for Jesus to our need personally. I don't have a car. I don't have a house. My village people are after me. So, the preacher who wants to tell you about Jesus, knowing those things, will come to you like that. Say, okay. Your phone number is 082147. Okay, how does that help me? Now you've given me my phone number. Please, will you put credit on it? Because why are you giving me my phone number? I want to see Jesus. Show me the fast. Show me the master. Show me Jesus. So because of our need for all these things, you find out that we don't talk to people about Christ anymore. We don't testify about Jesus. What we do is that we tell stories around the blessings. We tell stories around the things that have happened to us. We tell those stories in a bid that those stories will draw people to God. But they are not after those stories. They go back home and they say, my father, my father, as you did it for Dr. Ruth, do it for me. You're not finding Jesus. You want the result Dr. Ruth got. So it becomes a competition. 
to nobody's talking about Jesus anymore. Nobody's testifying of him. Nobody. All we want is the perks. We want the accolades. We want everything that goes around it. You'll be amazed at the number of people that want my job as a pastor. People everywhere. Why? Because they come here and they say, ah, you have, a, you have a great church, you have a wonderful church, wonderful people. And they'll be like, ah, God has been good to you. Why? Because you see all this. No. That's not the essence. That's not the reason. If I had my way, I would not be a pastor. <laughs> it's hard work. When you guys are sleeping, I'm awake. I've been up since 1 a.m. I was doing nothing but praying for you. Nothing. I would have just had my sleep. Nothing. I was do- there was nothing I was doing. After I listened to what God wants, I was just praying for everybody and all that. Asked her at 3 a.m. I sent her a message. My PA. I said, please, when you get to church, I need coffee. Why do we testify about him? Why do you tell people about Jesus? So in my study, I realized that the reason we don't talk about him is because we don't know him. Because we've not encountered him. We've not met him. We've not had that encounter with him. You can't touch hot metal and not feel the impact. You can't. When a metal is hot and I bring it to you, assuming this is hot metal, touch it. And then the next thing that comes out of your mouth, ah, thank God. Nobody said anything to you. Immediately you got the revelation. That is what happens in Christianity. So when we talk about the redemption story, if you don't know what Christ has done for you, cannot communicate it to another person. If you've not tasted of his goodness, you've not tasted of his life, you've not experienced the depth of his mercy, you will know what to tell another person. Ask the woman at the well of Samaria. I think in Luke chapter 4. She got to the well and then Jesus met her there. In the first place, her reason for going to the well was different. She went to the well because she she felt stigmatized by the women and all that. So she got there at a time when the women don't go to the well. So when she got there, she met Jesus. That's an encounter. Yes, Jesus told her her phone number, but he had a reason. Jesus gave her some prophecy, but he had a reason. At the end of the prophecy, The same woman who was stigmatized, who could not go with the crowd to the well, went back to testify of him. Why? She had an encounter. She did not go back to tell them things that she doesn't know. She went to tell them, says, come and see a man who has told me things about myself that I did not know. She did not put herself there. She said, come and see this person. So when you've had an encounter with him to testify about him will be easy. You won't be doing it by your strength. That encounter pushes you. That encounter empowers you. 
talk about the, the, the lepers. I think in 2 Kings or so. He said, look. We found this army. They've left all their spoils and everything. He said, this is a day of good news. It's a day of good news. He said, if we go out, we die. If we stay here, we die. So they went to the camp of the enemy. Saw that the enemy had left. And then they plundered the things. And they said, this is a day of good news. Find that scripture for me. He said, we cannot keep it to ourselves. If you have good news, you can't keep it to yourself. If you've encountered him, you've met Jesus. You can't keep it to yourself. It will be burning inside of you. And everywhere you go, you want to testify. Every, if you have a car, the reason for that car will be a testimony of Jesus. Before they see the car, they've seen Jesus. If you have a house, the reason for that house, before they see the house, they've seen Jesus. So at the end of the day, they are not after the house. They are after the God in you. Why did they call the disciples Christians? Because they were acting and behaving like Christ. So they said to them, these people are Christians, Christ-like. Their behavior, their attitude, everything about them was about Christ. So when people see you, that's the first thing they should see. If all your expressions in Christ Jesus, your new job, your new car, your new marriage, your relationship, everything should be that when we question you or we, we look into you curiously, we will find Christ. So the Christ in you will draw our curiosity. That's the whole essence. If that doesn't draw your, uh, our curiosity, then there's something missing. We're not seeing Christ. We're seeing a facade. We're seeing something else. We're seeing, we're seeing a show. We're seeing something different. It has to draw Christ. So the reason they are coming to ask about your car is that they are curious about the life of Christ that they are seeing in you. The reason they are coming to ask about your relationship is because they are seeing a life of Christ and they are curious about it. And that curiosity is pulling them every now and then. And then they want to know more about your source, not you. About your source. Why do people testify? Why do you testify in your own life? Why do you testify? Why do you talk about Jesus? Something happened to Esther. In Esther chapter 4. From verse 1. It says when Mordecai learned about all that had been done. He tore his clothes. Put on a bullock and ashes. And went out into the city. Crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gates of the palace. For no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, wept, and wailed. And many people lay in bullock and ashes. Verse 4. When Queen Esther's maid and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. She sent clothing to him to replace the bullet, but he refused it. Then Esther sent for Hachaj, one of the king's eunuchs, 
who had been appointed as her attendant, she ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. So Hattach went out to Mordecai in the square in front of the palace gate. Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai gave Hattach a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hatchard to, to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked Hatchard to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hatchard returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told Hatchard to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. So I said, give Esther's message to Mordecai. Mordecai sent his reply to Esther. Listen, don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you are made queen for such a time as this. Who knows? So you see that the life that you're living is beyond the life you're living. The car that you have, the house that you have, the job that you have, the family that you have is beyond all that. Who knows? If you are living for such a time as this. If everything that you possess, you own, you have, you want to achieve. Is not centered around drawing people to Christ. Then you've missed the point. If everything is not centered around you testifying to the goodness of God. Then you've missed the point. If the reason you want to have that discovery and have all those things. Is so that you, people will know that you have arrived. Then you've missed the point. So you are in the palace and you think because you are in the palace, you are now safe and free from everyone. No. God put you there for a reason. God put you in that home for a reason. He put you in that family for a reason. He gave you that job for a reason. He gave you that business for a reason. He gave you that idea for a reason. It's all about the kingdom. And everything must testify about Jesus. Everything must testify about him. Your life must be a testimony. People must look at you. When they look at your business and they look at what you are doing, Look at your investments. Look at your family. Look at your house. Look at the things that you have. The things you don't have. Look around you. Does it pull them close to Jesus? Or it takes them further? He says, who knows? That you were made queen for such a time as this. So look at your life. What are the things that you hold so there? And you think that it's yours. Who knows the reason. God is giving you a seven digit. Or an eight digit. Is for the kingdom. Who knows. Some of you, you. You have no clue. That the reason God is keeping you. On the things that he's keeping you. Is because of his kingdom. You just have no clue. 
Yes, you say God is good, but you have no idea that it's because of kingdom. God is keeping you where he's keeping you. Keeping you within that network. Keeping you within that people. Keeping you within that establishment, that organization. Just keeping you there. If that life and that experience does not testify about Jesus, you haven't captured the true story of redemption. You don't know what he has done for you. You don't know. So my prayer is that you will come to a revelation knowledge to know the true story of your redemption. Know how you've been redeemed. When you come to that understanding, it will not be hard for you to testify of him. He said, Pastor, I don't have a range yet. You don't need to have a range to testify of him. The little that you have, the little that is with you, the little that has been given to you is enough. Is enough. Because if you don't use that little to testify of him, you can't use the much to testify of him. Verse 15 says, the Nestor told them to reply to Mordecai. It says, go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Esther came to the point where she realized that, hey, the reason I'm in the palace is not so that I'll be eating palace food. God sent me there for a people. So when I come to that understanding, my life no longer matters to me. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about what I want. It's more about his plan. It's more about his purpose. Could it be some of the things that you are asking God to give to you is because you've been seeing it about yourself and not about him. Things you've been praying for and trust in God for. Let me show you a scripture. James. Book of James. James 4. James 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Alright, so from verse 1. This is New Living Translation. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. <laughs> it says, and when, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. That's scripture. It's your Uh-huh. You want only what will give you pleasure. 
So the reason you're pursuing Christ is that, hey, they said that once we get to that church, if we just take that water and drink it and roll down the thing seven times, ah, I'm telling you, that contract is mine. So for the next 30 days, you'd have not fasted two hours before in your life. You now go on a 30 day fast. Am I saying fasting is wrong? No. But you are pursuing that because of what's, what you want to get from it. Say your motive is wrong. Is it? Probably that's why you don't get it. Your motive is wrong. To consume it, King James has said, consume it on your lust. Consume it on your lust. So we go after Christ. He said, you ask and receive not because you are asking amiss that you may consume it on your loss. See, that's why you don't get it. So that kind of a person, you tell that person to testify of Jesus. He has nothing to say. She has nothing to say. She has no encounter. She has no experience. She has never encountered Jesus. All they know is the stories. All they know is the stories. What did they say of Moses? He said, the children of Israel, they know my ways. He said, but Mose, Mose, you know what Mose is? Mose is Moses in Yoruba. Mose, he knows my heart. He's after my heart. Say, I've showed them my acts, but Moses, my ways. Because all they want was the act. Are we going to die in this wilderness? Give us food. Give us water. That's all. With all the miracles they saw. With all the miracles. So when you keep chasing miracles, learn from the children of Israel. With miracle, you can still deny God. God just gave you a new head. A new head. A whole head. Gave you a new head. But you have no ways with him. You have no relationship with him. You don't know him. You can't deny him the next minute. But when you've encountered him, when you've had an encounter with him, an experience with him, to testify about him will be easy. It will come out as easy. It will not be hard work. It won't be hard work. Nobody will beg you to say it. No. He said, let the redeemed say so. It's not to to shout so. In Sunday school those days, let the redeemed say so. So, that is not the soul. Let the redeemed testify. Let those that have been redeemed that God say they have been redeemed. I like the translation that I used. The Passion Translation, Psalm 107 verse 2. It says, so go ahead. It said, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. <laughs> has the Lord redeemed you then speak out tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies so go ahead let everyone know it tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together all over the world he has set us free to be his very own that's the reason he set you free to be his own he said he called them Peter, James and John. He said that they may be with him. So the 
first reason Jesus called you is so that you will be with him. When he didn't call you to say, okay, you know, it's, it's interesting. Right now, in the world, honestly, go out. I mean, do you talk to people about Jesus? They don't want to hear. Am I the only one in that? People don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. What they want to hear is how that, hey, my brother, I did not have money. And then I prayed. And then I have money. You see the way their eyes will open. Say, ah, my brother, for 10 years, I don't need for this job. But one pastor just come. And just do, my brother, don't be like magical. Everything just change. Say, huh? That's what they want to hear. That's all they want to hear. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus anymore. So you find that people, so you that know about him, you are afraid to tell them, you are now waiting to have your own experience. So that when you go to them with that, they will now come with you. No. It still has the power. <laughs> still has the power. The word of God. He said, I commend you to God. And the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance. That word is still the same word that will build you up. That word is still the same word that will give you an inheritance. It, It hasn't changed. It still has the power. It still has the potency. But you, you and I have to come to a point where we totally just surrender to him and know that it is by his word and his life that changes and transforms. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So when I came to you, I didn't come with the excellency of speech or human wisdom. I came with the demonstration of power and the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I know it is not my it is not my work, it is not my range it is not my cars or houses that will bring you but the same Holy Ghost that saved me, that encounter Paul said when I discovered this truth I did not come to know anything about you, save Jesus and him crucified See, that's what I Jesus and him crucified. That's an encounter. That's an encounter. If you are finding it difficult to talk to people about Jesus, what you should be praying for is an encounter. When you touch hot metal, you will know you've touched something. You won't need to cajole people. No. You won't need to twist the thing. No. You won't need to twist anything. The message of life and grace will flow through you easily. 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 But all you need is an encounter. To know why you have been redeemed. Know what Jesus did for you. Know what he did for you. And know why you are where you are. The place that he put you. The company he put you. The family he put you. The business you have. The job you have. The career you're building. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Lastly, let's look at John. John chapter 4. The Samaritan woman. 
from verse 7 it says soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her please give me a drink he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food when people come to you they come looking for answers they want to know the Jesus that you know when they come to you you think that you got to make a presentation and it was all about the presentation no they're looking for Jesus every child of God anything that you are about as a child of God God uses that thing to display his greatness and his goodness anything you're about anything anything and everything you're about but the woman was surprised she said Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans I said why are you asking me for a drink look at Jesus' reply in verse 10 he said if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to you would ask me and I will give you living water that's the point if you only knew but because we don't know recently God has been showing me how blind how blind I am how blind I am I began to see that I don't know many things I don't know a lot of things and it's drawing me to him more than pushing me away to see certain things because when I see the way I should see I would act differently when I see the way I should see my motives will be right my pursuit will be right if I see the way I should see so if only you knew if only you knew stand to your feet church if only you knew If only you knew. If only you knew. There is a story about your redemption in Christ Jesus that you must find out. You must find out. You must find out. And the moment you come to that revelation, that understanding, that clarity, this is why I was saved. When challenges come, you will scale them. When difficult situations come, they won't be a problem to you. Things will happen many times over that will not be pleasant. But it won't be, it won't be a problem. No. Because you know that I'm the redeemed. I've been redeemed by his blood. And I will testify of that redemption. 
I will testify of that redemption. We have this entire month to talk about it. And my prayer is that after the series is over, you will no longer look at yourself in the same way you've been looking at yourself. The reason you will go for big things, and if you know me, I go for big things and I go for great things. But I go for it with purpose. Not to pepper them. No. I'm not, we're not in the business of peppering people. We're in the business of saving souls. By our every expression. From the least to the greatest. Everything about us draws people to Christ. I began a journey. I told us at the beginning of the year that this year is a year of who can help me? Sorry? Self-development. Self-development. So, I was asking the Lord, which area do you want me to develop? And then the Lord led me to a particular part. So I'm now doing cyber securities. I'm going to develop myself in that area. I know it's not for myself. It's still for kingdom. One way or another, it will be for kingdom. It will not take me away from kingdom, but it will bring me closer to kingdom. So maybe God is asking you to do one program or another. Have the motive that I'm going into it, I'm doing this because of kingdom. Have a kingdom mindset about it. A kingdom mindset about it. A kingdom mindset. So that your life will be a testimony. You will testify of your redemption in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.